Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Hey, what's up, everybody? You have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for that everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, we have got you covered here. My name's Justin. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I have a disturbing thing to admit. Uh-oh. What's that? I didn't know that there was a post-credit and didn't oh, watch it until several days, several days later. <laughs> You know, mm. I'm lucky. I this is Kyle, and I'm lucky. I saw on Twitter or Instagram or something somebody mentioned a post credit scene, or I likely would have done the same. Josh, how how long was it before you figured out there was a post credit scene, or how did you find out? <laughs> um, uh, it, on the it rewatch, you were screwing so- around on your phone, and it just came up. <laughs> That's what would have happened. No, to I me. was watching like a <laughs> recap video to prep uh, a couple days ago so it not like today uh, i think maybe on sunday so watched on wednesday and then on sunday on the recap video is like let's talk about the press post credit scene i was like oh cool what what (laughs) (laughs) the what now he's like say what i think yeah it was uh, since we're talking about it let's go ahead and talk about it but was that like i thought it was super cool in a lot of ways uh, but I don't think it was like a shock to anybody, right? I, I think we all kind of were like semi-assuming, like, of course, they're working on Death Star stuff, right? It's this thing. I mean, all those giant, model builders and Lego guys were... How many thousands of people, <laughs> millions of people does it take to build this thing? So, uh, right. yeah, I loved right. it, but I didn't think it was like, if you missed it, you didn't like miss something. Like, you're not going to be like, what's going no. on now in season two? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No. Right. The only... Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, but you're tuning into this show to hear of a episode no, 12 recap. No, spoiler alert. The, what are you doing? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the thing that they were building in the prison was part of the Death Star. Uh, it almost <laughs> would have been more shocking if it was something else. Ag- agreed. Like, um, we were you know, what if it was like some other kind of space station or Low-income housing. Like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was this really bad thing, and it's like framework no, for dorms. we overthrew the... <laughs> prison that was making good stuff just kidding all those uh all those ucs collectors out there for legos are probably like uh when are we getting that version of the death star where i have to build each individual ring and like insert them into the lego thing and then i can take it apart so yeah it was uh it was cool like model builders probably love that stuff because it looked it, it looked complicated i'm not yeah, gonna lie lots of details a lot in there. of pieces little, going little into individual ring. cells and it was almost like a uh like a solar panel or something kind of look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool though. Short clip. You got to see little droids basically putting those pieces mm-hmm. in place as part of like the cell or I don't know, the generator that creates the beam. Yeah, so whatever that uh, it was pretty cool. Pretty eye cool. of the death star. Yeah. Uh, a little hey, bit of news and sorry, notes. One this more week. thing hey. about this. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I liked the droids building it because it reminded me of the, in the High Republic books, when they're building the giant, I can't remember the name of it, but whatever giant spaceship, it was getting assembled by droids and whatever, like, little insect creature things. Mm. But 
It's nice to see him yeah. on the assembly. It's like the opposite of go a ahead, asteroid. Josh, did you? Cal, did you introduce yourself, or did we just go right into? <laughs> I said this is Kyle, and then you like did. launched okay. into my response to you. <laughs> okay, so, sort of. Okay. Josh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to pay attention in the first yeah. ten minutes of the show. <laughs> Oh, this yeah. is twice. Oh, now. that is two weeks in a row. Oh, Called this out. This is right two here weeks in a row. Josh I, is. I uh, I actually did that on purpose <laughs> to bring up what happened last week. Oh, it's a bit now. Now every yeah. week, Josh it, is going to notice yeah. something. <laughs> nope. I uh, yeah. I want to just officially apologize to Justin. You did say that's okay. What the the person's name and I? You did you know. do the thing I said you didn't do that you said you yeah. did. It's all good. It's all good. I would have. I honestly, I'm I'm glad you it said something because I would have felt bad if I didn't like say Jason David Frank. Yeah, name. I'm glad it was me I, being a jerk for being yeah. for not paying attention. Then then you. Yeah, then me. Uh, well, God knows we've never made a mistake it. on here. So uh, I know, right? Um, we, we we've made a lot of predictions on this show that have not been correct. Let's I gotta be say, honest. In a way, <laughs> so. it, speaking of predictions, in a way, our Marva prediction wasn't totally wrong. She did clear those correct. tunnels and make sure they were good to go. That we're uh, used by Cassian, like for most of this episode, and she did like sort of lead the call to uh, you know rebellion against the Empire there on Ferrix. Via hologram, posthumously, you know, whatever, but it sort of. I'm going to say we were only partially wrong. We were also correct with Nemec's manifesto. It came back into play that really, I think Cassian sitting by himself, kind of close to his, his mom and close to everything on Ferrix while he's waiting to, to go mm-hmm. meet people. I think that struck a chord with him. So we weren't totally wrong with that either. My I think opinion that, that is, resonated. My opinion is that the part we heard um, that was voiced over by I can't remember the actor's name that played Nemec, but um, I felt like that was just the end of like a much bigger piece. Um, but I guess that could have been the quote manifesto in totality. What do you guys think? I think you're right. I think it's part that of it. That was like his conclusion. I don't, I don't think it's the whole thing. Like, yeah. based yeah, on no, all had, my I think other stuff, to it. this is yeah. what we got to do now. Yeah. And I do have that audio here a little bit later. So once we dive into the episode 12 recap, we can play that. Um, it was great. Marva's speech was fantastic. I'm not going to play the whole thing of that. I did a get a little wordy. snippet of it, but um, that <laughs> made me want to run through a wall uh, I'll after smash hearing a brick it. into a fascist after that, for sure. <laughs> Brasso, man. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. guy went off. Who knew he had it in um, him? But God bless. It was amazing. Uh, you know what? He was... I cheered I think, out loud when he hit her, hit hit the guy with the brick. Between yeah. that and the <laughs> anvil hammer guy kicking the stormtrooper right off the bell tower, like, just <laughs> phenomenal yeah, he stuff. he did. Um, it, was, uh, it was an epic fight. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it was, uh, he like threw three other soldiers off of him, I think, and beat them down after he hit the first oh, yeah, guy with the brick. A, he was an absolute, um, he was a one, one man wrecking crew. So, um, but yeah, they kicked, uh, he flipped B2 over the Imperial mm-hmm. flipped B2 over and that set off. Something just won't big stand. Time. Justin. No, don't pick on a, don't pick on a elderly rusty droid, Sad man. Little That's, poor emo droid. Yeah. Don't do that. So yeah, go ahead, Josh. So number one, there's, it's the number one way to tell if uh, someone's um, alignment in Star Wars is how do they treat droids? Is the droid a pet or is it like a tool? We've we've only had one person that had empathy for droids who ended up being a villain. 
But he wasn't a villain when he had the empathy. He, it was later on. <laughs> he kind of became a droid himself, so yeah. in a way. He's yeah. more machine than man. Well, Andy, uh, there's wh- the whole wh- Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker, like two different things argument, too. So, yeah. Do we think Cad Bane had a little empathy for droids or no? Oh, he treated Toto like an absolute, like, <laughs> he, indentured he servant. Did. <laughs> it was the worst. He did. Love Cad Bane, um, but he, uh, his, I do love Cad Bane. <laughs> his relationship with his droid was problematic for sure. Yeah. Uh, Toto didn't seem to mind up until Omega got with him, and then all of a sudden he was kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, no I am idea. being treated like crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's other examples of that but i don't know the bad guys are bad to droids the good guys are nice to droids that's sort of like the the easy way to tell that's like the red lightsabers blue lightsabers boom boom dead giveaway good guys bad guys (laughs) yeah and then there's purple yeah well good guy damn he has that whatever (laughs) sketchy lightsaber form whatever crazy thing people on the internet say (laughs) i don't know Anyway, well, let's dive in. Let's do. We really. Have I don't want to do minimal, these stupid notes. That's why I keep saying other no, stuff. No, I'm just we, kidding. We have Go minimal ahead. news us, this week. Tell us um, the one bit of news we have. Yeah, it was slow. The uh, 13th annual Star Wars Her Universe Holiday Pin Drop is slated for 11:30:29 at 6:15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, really early for the West Coasters. There is a limited edition of 2,500. Oh, no so sad. I'll be on my second cup of coffee, yeah, ready to and, go. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it is, and I have no idea what the price is on it, but I'm going to guess it sells out pretty quick, depending on what it is. It's usually like an Ahsoka thing, right? I would assume. Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure it's almost always an Ahsoka thing, which I honestly, I feel like I'd be annoyed if it wasn't. So, Yeah, true. Is the Ahsoka market uh, going to be flooded at some point now, which is insane to say, because at the first celebration yeah. I went to, you like couldn't find anything. True. And now it's. Um, I mean, I think thing. she signs the cards of these too. Like, there's like 2,500 2, signed cards of whatever. Bless her heart. Her autograph in. is not difficult to come by. I've mentioned it. But it is not. She um, she's she's that, a signer. But you know, she's great. I mean, she's she's awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I turned my camera off, and I can't tell if you guys can see my finger or not. Um, anyway. I think the fact that we have multiple versions, like we see her, like we have multiple versions of animated Ahsoka, and now we have live action Ahsoka, and I'm sure they're going to figure out an an interesting enough way to make Ahsoka, the show's Ahsoka, slightly different than the other live action Ahsoka. Um, It's the diversity of Ahsoka products or Ahsoka looks, Mm -hmm. I think helps it not get flood it like it helps it there's enough variety that it's um it's not so monotonous that it like i've i'm not tired of it yet yeah. because there's so many yeah. different versions to to collect yep it's not the darth vader that's Ahsoka. just black in a cape black in a cape black in a cape <laughs> oh this one has is a uh, blue in a cape <laughs> yeah oh, say, this one's white technically technically he does have different outfits between a new hope sure. and yeah <laughs> He does. And, okay. And Return of the Jedi. He does have different Nerd. armor. But yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the one, the stripes um, on his shoulders are slightly farther apart than in the other one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Royal Guard guys, they're always yeah. red. They're always red wearing the cape. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. so much. At least they're uh, you, just a giant red robe. Out there. You think they roll home, just take off the helmet, and they're like already ready for bed in the robe? They're just like. I think they're fully nude right, under good. there. 
Yeah. I would be. I'm, you know, hey, comfortable at work, I guess. If I was a judge, free I think ease I would of, be too. Free ease of movement under the roof. Well, if you figure a lightsaber <laughs> goes through your armor anyway, what's, what's the, the point, point of putting it Why on? bother? Right. All right. Yeah. That's why uh, That's why Yoda dispatched Maybe him so easily. Maybe some supportive underwear, and, uh, just, you know, because <laughs> you are walking around. That's why Yoda around. dispatched him so easily, because they didn't want to move too much and it fly up and they get exposed. And <laughs> so he just dealt with them. Um, <laughs> I think you're. I think you're insulting Master Yoda right now, Justin. It was pretty easy for him, uh, as it should be. Anything. I think they literally just stood there. I know it was bad. Uh, there was a Hasbro release today as well. Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary Black Series Wave Two pre-order is 11:30 at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This wave includes Chewie, Papalu, the Emperor, Bib Fortuna, and a Stormtrooper. My lottery ticket didn't hit, so I'm probably out. <laughs> I, I, there is nothing that I, I. It's sad to say, there's nothing that I want out of that. None. That's Hasbro not, has not none. gotten me jazzed up about anything lately. It's been a while, honestly. <sighs> I'm still waiting on that vintage collection Rebels stuff. Let's go. I mean, they did just put out a Mara Jade figure, so I mean, there's not. T- it's not all bad. True, and it's in one of those comic book box ones. Does it actually happen? Nice but they'd already done a Mara Jade. No. They'd already done a Mara Jade. They just re-released a Mara Jade. Yeah, new box. It was a new box. Have they I mean, done the a figure, Mara Jade? The figure Have they a, done a Mara the comic, Jade since she's not canon? Yes, they did a Black Series Mara Jade, and then they did this no, one. No, 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 no. Since she's not canon, I don't think they've. This is the first one they've done since she's not canon. Mm-hmm. You might have to hit the Google machine. Um, I thought they did one in Black Series that was not the comic book one. That was in the um, I have to remember. I thought they did, but maybe not. The furious Googling over right. there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm just Josh, curious. While Josh looks that up, that was it for news. <laughs> there really was not much this week. Go ahead, Josh. Um, I just wanted to bring this up because... Oh, they changed the name. Jedi Business is now is now galacticfigures.com. Obviously. Does that makes sense. Interesting. Um so uh speaking of her universe and um Hasbro, I just want to say how disappointed I am with Shop Disney's Black Friday offerings. They didn't run an act like a regular sale like there's this much off. They did a if you spend this much, you get this much off. So that it was, it was like if you spend seventy five dollars, you get ten percent off. If you spend a hundred dollars, you get twenty percent off. If you spend one hundred and fifty, and I'm like, mm. just give us mm. a sale. Like every, come on, you're not making yeah. enough money. Yeah, you're, why do you have to force you, us to spend <laughs> even more already? You, you brought in yeah. Bob number one, and your stock price uh, skyrocketed. So I think you can afford to give us, you know, thirty percent off. Actually, I think it went back down. It was back down to like 95 today, which is basically where it was when oh. JPEG went left. Um, it, it, so I don't think it changed. Like it went up a little bit on the initial, oh, he's back. And then it went drop back down again. It's going to take time for it to go back up to where it was. But uh, I think it was like 
one point at its highest was like close to $200 a share. So it's, it's basically in half right now. So if you want some Disney stock, it's about half. The whole market's price. down. Why are we talking about I do, this? Oh my God. <laughs> I, was just, I do not work <laughs> in a stock market business. So please take my advice with a grain of salt. Um, and you're playing a long-term game with that one. But um, Josh, you are correct. It was not Mark. I'm just thinking of the Jaina Solo figure. Ah, yes. You know what? That's I what almost I was thinking said, of. I know I've got a Jaina Solo yep. one, um, but here we go. No, you're you're correct. I was thinking of that one for some reason, not the Mara Jade figure. But yes, that's the first, I think, Black Series in the Mara Jade with the comic pack. And it does look good, but... Well, and actually, so, I mean... Um, for only forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say this is our four first, installments of our first six inch, and and it looks good. I mean, the other ones, the figures are old enough that it doesn't; they don't look great. So yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's dive in here to Andor. Let's talk a little Andor because we got uh, a lot to talk about here in the season finale. A lot of cliffhangers at the end. Um, I'm gonna play a little bit of this theme, which was different than last week's theme. Now, again, we talked about this on the last week's show. I think it's still the Andor theme. It's how they play it. You're right. The melodies are different every week. I don't think it's a build. So listen to this one, and I do have last week's in here as well. This is this week's version. It's like the band playing. All right, so that was last week's ver or that's this week's version. This is last week's version. So that was last week's version. So they are different as far as the style or what is playing the music, but it is still the and or theme that is being played. So I feel yeah. like that's what I was Take saying that. last week. <laughs> well, you, I thought you said it, they were like layering the different things. Say they're it's different. The, it's the same music every week that they're just changing the instrumentation and adding to. But I don't think they're adding every week. Because this one, this week's was like. Well, I'm not saying it's different. the exact like same, band. and they're adding one instrument to it. I'm saying they're no, using no, no, different instrumentation every week, but it's the yeah. same music. It's Andor's. Th it's the Andor theme every week. Yeah, and that there was one that was different, but it might have just been the faster tempo. But I'd have to go back and find it. So, but yeah. So we had episode twelve, Andor episode twelve, Rick's Road. Season Director finale. was Benjamin. Karen season finale writer was Tony Gilroy. No new cast this week. This was just basically everybody coming together for a big hullabaloo in Ferrix. And it was an epic clash of good versus evil. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, that leads me into my very first question for you guys. Uh, you said no new cast. Uh, I do not know who the guy who made the bomb, the curly headed person, the curly haired person who made the, whatever homemade bomb that they threw over the line that, there 
I don't remember. Uh, that, that was Wilmon, and he, you see him in the earlier episodes. They took his father. Remember He's when Bix went to the use the radio? He's the son. Interrogated. Okay, gotcha. Correct. Gotcha. And I don't think his father ever came back. Basically, no. I, th- I think they implied that they they ended up killing him because he was the one in the torture chair when mm-hmm. Bix was brought in. Yeah. And then they brought him out. So I don't think he ever made it back. So. Um, you know, and he's looking at the hologram of his father there as he's building the bomb. Um, you know, you can just see the pain in his eyes as he's doing it. Um, but yeah, Wilmon, Wilmon definitely, uh, was ready. He was, uh, ready to go and, and was going to give it up at all costs. So that was one of the most effective homemade pipe bomb throws I've ever seen in my life too. <laughs> you could not on, man. have targeted it better. It was a dime pass right onto mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't even, the vehicle, the... Yeah, and then there was like the whatever ammunition slash rockets or whatever that tipped over, and then those started, he like set off a whole chain reaction, like it could not have possibly got worked out better. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys think about uh, Nurchi uh, kind of working for the Empire there, selling them out? Mm. Snitches get stitches they, they, and wind up in yeah. ditches, man. They kind of telegraphed it when he was, because uh, the first time we run into that guy, he's trying to shake down, um, mm-hmm. you know, Cassian. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's just some, I, kind of an all around slime ball. Plus, he was acting. Yeah, he was acting weird prior. So we knew he, I, we knew he was doing something. Didn't Cassian pay everybody back with the money when he went to visit Bix? He gave him all this money, including money to pay back Nurchi and the money that he owed to Nurchi, and Nurchi still over here turning him in. Guy's a jerk. Guy's a jerk. What are you doing? He paid you back. He got you the money. Um, We open a lesson to potential snitches. You see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, See. Yeah. That's what bootlicking gets you. Um, We did get um, an interesting conversation in the beginning with Mon and Perrin, though. And uh, this was uh, in the back of the car as they were leaving. I, I guess the casino or a hotel or some bar or something, but it was definitely not a casino. A, I can tell you that, Justin. Uh, here is a mon thrown parent under the bus. I thought you left without me. Cross my mind. I look for you, but uh, I'm sure. Cloris, we'd like privacy, please. Ma'am. What now? You're gambling again. Nonsense. At here, in Coruscant. That's ridiculous. Do you have any idea how tired of this I am? It's a lie. It's total fantasy. Who's telling you this? Please. No, I'm serious. Parent, please. Who's saying Just this? Just don't. See the driver's we'll go back there right now. We'll put it to We will not. I've been shamed enough for one night. You can't live without a casino? Fine. You go to Canto Pike. Oh, I've heard of that place. Do. Whatever it is you need to do, but not here. You promised. I've kept my promise. Keep your voice down. Well, he can't hear me. Oh, he's so wrong. He can't, he can't hear me. Hear me. <laughs> yeah, this is wrong, Mom. This is people trying to take you down by coming after me. Hmm. You tell me who's saying this, and I'll tell you why. Oh, please. Where would I get the money? That's the question that scares me the most. Hmm. I got a couple things. Someone's lying to you. On that we can agree. 
interesting conversation. One. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. What's up when the whole security system in their, like, I'm a senator who's getting spied on car is, hey, don't spy on us for a while. And then they just take his word for it. There's no light. There's no, like, there's nothing <laughs> they control in the back to shut it off. It's just like, hey, driver, like will you not light. listen for a little bit? Like, give me, first of all, poorly designed. Okay, there's that. But um, yeah. I, I think we've mentioned quite a few times, none of us uh, are really big fan. It's Perrin, right? That's Is that his name? Yes. Are yep. really not fans of him. But I do believe him. In this instance, I think Agreed. she is actually getting lied to. And I wonder if it's another backdoor scheme from the uh, um, – the guy she was going to borrow money from that wants to set up his son and her daughter, or if it's a setup from the empire who's trying to put them on splitsville. Davos Scalden is his name. Josh, what do you, what's your, what's your opposing theory? My theory is that she is creating a narrative to why the money is missing and staging a fight with Perrin, knowing the ISB agent is listening Mm-hmm. That's what so I got. So here's why the money is gone, and here's why I have to marry off my daughter to cover his gambling debts, and uh, then the, and then no one's looking to why my the money is and they gone did because say, it's, oh, it's when he was given the report, they did say, uh, yeah, there's been some unusual banking activity or whatever. Okay, yeah. all right, mm-hmm. I like it. I also, like it. Tony Gil- Gilroy uh, confirmed it in an interview. Oh, son of a gun, Josh. <laughs> You just go read an extra no, I, stuff. No, I didn't read that, but that was what the conclusion that I got was that she was basically trying to lead them smart. down a different path. I, I and they even said yeah. there's a history of it. When the one guy is talking to Blevin, he said, well, he's got a history of this. So it is possible that that's where the money's going. Um, and that's that's what I took from it. Yeah, clearly without, it's something without he's reading had a problem the, with the interview. So um, I mean, I uh, believe me if if you want or if you don't have to, but I that's I mean while I was watching it, that's what I thought she was doing. Because mm-hmm. um, it kind of seemed out of nowhere, and he, I was like, he it, thought that too. <laughs> he was like, "What the hell, man?" Well, that's like. Yeah, he, like, uh, if you've actually been guilty so many times, the one time you're not, it's like, oh my God, like, I really didn't yep. do anything this time for real. I really didn't do it. Let's go. Let's go talk to them. I really didn't do it. I- <laughs> um, yeah. Wait till you're married, man. <laughs> that happens sometimes. You're like, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, he, he was caught off guard. He was shocked and, um, a little bit appalled by it, uh, to be honest. But you're you're right. This opened the door for her to do what we had kind of talked about a couple weeks ago, which was basically give Lita to Davos Scalden and his kid, or at least do the introduction and his and her daughter being all into the the ceremony and the the, the weird, what, I don't want to the ritual or stuff, who knows whatever yeah. you want to call it. Her being totally on board with it and into it made it even easier for her. She's like, well, if that's what she wants to do, then I can work this both ways. So Mon, Mon Mothma got a little ruthless here. Um, she is uh, she is smart. She's down for the her. cause, She's man. Amazing. She's willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cloris, the driver. He was definitely discreet about hitting that switch, though. He was just like, sure, sir. Flicks it on and then just 
Uh, oh, I mean, pop it back terrible off here. Design. <laughs> terrible, terrible design. Terrible, it's terrible. Not secure at all. Um, now, uh, we did get a lovely flashback with Clement Cassian at one point when he does make it back to Ferrix. That was uh, um, a neat little conversation. Um, you know, we did get, um, as he's kind of waiting for this funeral to happen and Cassian's there, um, we did get a little bit of Nemec's manifesto. And I want to play this um, before we dive into a myriad of other things that happened in this episode. But I want to play Nemec's manifesto, which is really kind of a catalyst for um, everything else that happens in this episode. There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. Mm. I know this already. <laughs> Alone, unsure, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. Remember this. Freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are whole armies, battalions, that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. And then remember this. The Imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks... It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. Remember that. And know this. The day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority and then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. Try. Love it. Like, I do need to hear the whole thing now. Like, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, I want to hear the whole audiobook. Yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, where he says, um, what is it? Tyranny takes constant, um, shoot, takes a constant observation or whatever, right? You, they have to stay on it, but eventually it's going to break. It's going to leak. And you saw a little of that in the, um, prison episode where they escaped the prison mm-hmm. and, and that overhead shot was of the you know the imperial cog right with the prisoners kind of leaking out the side it was um just a beautiful visual representation of essentially what nemec is saying here and how the empire's control eventually is going to let it, they're going to clinch so tight that stuff seeps out and it gets out and then they can't control it anymore and that's that's where we're at here on ferrix that these people are done with the empire Oh yeah, they're real done. They're they're over it, and that's what uh you know the ISB agents that have been on site for whatever weeks now have been saying. You know we we haven't been letting them gather. We've had these curfews. We you know we weren't letting them have their funerals, and then we gave them this one, but they had to start late, and they, you know all these restrictions, and they're not letting these. I mean, clearly this is like a very like industrial blue collar town. They're hard workers that are not living like a luxurious life and they weren't even giving them their little like local customs or whatever their their comforts they have so uh they were primed and and ready to go i think already uh and i think the fact Mm -hmm. that they went ahead and just started that funeral when they were ready rather than when the empire said they were supposed to like i i knew like well Already, this is about to pop off because they're like over this mm-hmm. stuff. 
everybody was confused with what the anvil was going off for, including Luthen and Vel, who were having a discussion about Cassian and what they were going to try to do. Um, Luthen felt, he's like, no, we'll let the Empire go ahead and get him. As long as we pop him off before they can ask him any questions, we're good to go. Like, let them do the dirty work, let them find him, snuff him out, and then once they get him, we'll take care of business. Speaking of the anvil... I saw online on the Twitters that uh, Wikipedia is claiming that that anvil is made of Beskar, but I didn't see anything in the show that implied that it was. And I, in, I'm a nerd, but I went back and looked at this today, (laughs) but the, very second episode the very first time we see the anvil, I'm pretty sure the subtitles say metal scraping sound or whatever, when he's putting the hammers on them and moving them around, it doesn't say Beskar. So like, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. that feels like a little bit of a leap to me. Cause that would be like a giant piece of Beskar, right? Like, does it have that like wavy? It, do- it does look like the Damascus steel with like the wavy finish. I will say that, but that, it? That just means it's folded over itself if like from metalwork standpoint. I, I that is how the mm-hmm. best car ingots looked. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that seems like a bit of a reach. Because remember that Camtono of Beskar was like enough for him to make essentially an entire suit of armor minus the helmet, right? Yeah. And then uh some more to give away and some more to make a shirt for her uh Grogu. So like that anvil would you could make armor for a whole like battalion or something. I don't know. It seems like it's <laughs> right. seems too much, but I don't know. It's out there. It'll be Mando season three. They make a trip to Ferrix. They steal yeah, they the anvil. Salvage the Beskar anvil and hammers. And bunch of new Mandos out of that. So no, I did see somebody ask if it was Beskar. Like, is it just me or is it Beskar? I saw that, but I don't. I saw no, a quote of a Wikipedia a Wikipedia article that said it was. I'll, let me huh. I can Wikipedia it and yeah. see if we see anything. Well, let's uh speaking of Luthen cuz I dropped him here a little bit ago. Do we think his um do we think his parking in the same spot out in the middle of nowhere was a mistake on his part, a lapse of judgment, or do we think that was intentional? knowing that if he did not run into Cassian, but Cassian knew he was there, he would essentially know where he parked. I think it was intentional because he was trying to fly under the radar and not be detected. He knows he's like, he's trying to be super secretive and nobody know anything about him. And he fully intended to kill Cassian. Um, so like if he didn't encounter him at the funeral, but he knows Cassian is there or at least suspects he's there then Cassian may go look or find where he had parked previously to encounter him. Yeah, that's kind of what I got thought too. I was like, okay, this kind of feels like it's intentional that he parked in the same spot instead of like going to a different spot. But I didn't know if that was just me or yeah, if I mean, anybody he thought that was, was like just a lapse in judgment. relatively safe or whatever. I think he he never anticipated that he wouldn't, that Cassian would be there and they would not be able to kill him because he didn't expect them to be there. They had them outnumbered three to one. Uh, But, you know, uh, whenever Mm -hmm. a riot broke out. So (laughs) that's hard to anticipate, I guess. Right. 
Um, oh, sorry. Well, we and get... I will say, so no, while go I've got the floor, uh, according to Wikipedia, which I know is not like official, it says the Ferrix Bell Tower, yada, yada, yada. On its top, there was a large Beskar anvil used by the time grappler to sign the start and end of each day. As well That's as cool important events title. such as upstanding citizens, public funerals. <laughs> that very specific. So, but, so what do you do for work? I'm a time grappler. That just sounds cool. Heck of a gig if you can get it. Climb a tall ladder, <laughs> I, bang the anvil for a minute and a half, and go back. <laughs> you know, and then you're done for eight hours. That sounds pretty good. It's a, it's a good workout, too, apparently. One guy's, like, yelling and grunting as he's, like, hitting it. Well, like I mean, it's, I mean the, and the, ha- the hammer was big. Like, If you love your job, you never work a day in, in your life, Justin. So. That's a good point. Good point, Kyle. Good point. Um, yeah, the thing was huge. So, uh, time grappler. Didn't know that was the yeah, the job title. According to Wikipedia, they, actually, I think they they might have called him that in the subtitles. Uh, I'm gonna have to. It, it also sounds like like a uh, a B member of the of Batman's Rogue Squad. Yeah. No, I'm it's the, the time, time grappler. grappler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a calendar man or something? Oh, like there's all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> I think you're right. Actually, I think there is one. <laughs> but yes, Rogue time gallery. Fits right in. I'm the time grappler. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, that would be a, a superb Batman villain. Uh, we did get. Um, so now that Cassian is back and he did get a chance to get with Brasso kind of before all of this took place, um, he did meet with him. Basically, they were talking about the funeral and what was going to happen. Um, Cassian started to admit a little bit of guilt um, in leaving uh Ferrix and because he said he, he had tried to get Marva to come with him he was gonna come right back and um he was coming to get her and he had money and then he just ended up not making it back but um Brasso had saved or basically memorized a message that Marva wanted him to deliver to Cass knowing full well that Cassian eventually would make his way back to Ferrix stop she told me you'd say all this Tell him none of this is his fault. It was already burning. He's just the first spark of the fire. Tell him he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. And when the day comes those two pull together, he will be an unstoppable force for good. Tell him... I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Mm. Love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. That is a mother's love only right there. A, only a parent can feel that way, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's true. Like, and I, I would guess at this point, Cassian has done a lot of stuff wrong in his life. I think he probably um, feels conflicted about a lot of stuff too, you know? Mm hmm. They were living um, a, a nice message, kind of an outlaw lifestyle, but they also were doing what they had to do to survive and kind of like perhaps a Robin Hood situation, stealing from bad people to give to good people. Uh, but still, you you know, you're doing bad things, even if you justify them. So it's got to be complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get this. uh you know, we talked about the funeral procession. Let's let's go back to this a little bit because 
you get this impressive uh, funeral procession. These are actually, I don't want to say they're common, but they they are in New Orleans. Um, They do have jazz funerals in New Orleans, which is a procession of the dead. Um, They get what's called a second line um, that kind of joins the group um, as they go along um, towards wherever the burial site is. Um, And it's basically people joining in the parade as it goes. And if you remember correctly, in the beginning, um, they had said they limited it to 30 people. They wanted more, so they gave them 40, right? There was way more than 40 people around there. And I I think they knew that, kind of that that procession and whatnot was going to draw more people in. And there was absolutely nothing that the Empire could do about it. And then when they finally get to a point where they see this large group amassing... Yeah, they, when they see, well, when they see this large group of massing, their first thing is, well, let's barricade them and block them off. Let's stop them, right? And that's when they rushed to get the the riot troopers out there and block off the road, or at least stop them at a choke point, um, which is not going to be good for anybody if you just all kind of convene into one area. Um, but it was it was a nice use a nice use of the. Um, jazz funeral, which is something that is common in in our everyday life, that is is a thing, and and it was uh, you know neat to see the instruments that they used. Uh, the music was great. You got a taste of it in the beginning of the show with the theme, um, and they actually I did see a little bit from um, Nicholas Bertel, who had said they actually used real musicians for that, playing real instruments and doing it live on set and playing this funeral procession down the street, which I thought was was really really cool it is cool you you could tell from the the star wars instruments that they were real instruments that they just like popped another metal piece here or there on to make it look wonky but they were still you could see oh there's the flute in there like you Mm -hmm. can if you look french horn yeah um the trumpet yeah you could you could recognize them but they had enough little greeblies on there that you were like oh cool it's a star wars french horn neat um, but yeah, it was a Tatooinian uh, horn. Yeah. Of and then, um, we get to the middle of the square of Rick's road and, um, we get Marva's message, um, to the group and I'm not going to play this whole thing because it was super, super long. And even this clip is, is like two minutes uh, of the clip, but this is where you basically just want to run through a brick wall for Marva. We've been sleeping. We've had each other and Ferrix, our work, our days. We had each other and they left us alone. We kept the trade lanes open and they left us alone. We took their money and ignored them. We kept their engines churning and the moment they pulled away, we forgot them. Because we had each other. We had Ferrix. sleeping. I've been sleeping. I've been turning away from a truth I wanted not to face. There is a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy. There is a darkness reaching like rust into into everything around us. We let it grow and now it's here. It's here and it's not visiting anymore. It wants to stay. 
The Empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. It is never more alive than when we sleep. It's easy for the dead to tell you to fight. And maybe it's true. Maybe fighting's useless. Perhaps it's too late. But I'll tell you this. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards. Oh, yes. From the start. Fight the Empire. Woke. Love that. Same. Fight the Empire. Um, and it's, it was cool because like turd nugget ran out there through his cloak over B2 to cover it. But like half of the hologram is covered yeah, even do a good and you can still that. hear and she's, you know, covered in darkness and just fight the empire and the passion in her voice. And I think if Marva was a younger, was in her younger days and this was happening on Ferrix, I think she would have fought, uh, a lot earlier and a lot fiercer from the beginning. Um, but it, it was, she brought up an interesting point. She said they're not, she's like, they're not visiting anymore. And if you go back to when Clem was killed and that was when um, Cassian was really, really young and it would, they were, you know, clone troopers essentially at that point. Um, and we don't, I don't, do, do we ever get an established timeline of when that was as far as in true Star Wars in comparison fashion, to after order 66? Yeah. So that was still early, though, if those are clones. And, and at that point, you would figure the Republic was maybe posing to be there temporarily to keep separatists from being there. But they're not anymore. Now they're permanent. They're no longer visiting. They've now infested Ferrix in our way of life. And we've been sitting here just taking it and no more. Great speech, great. Speech. I had to play that yeah, just that, was that much stuff. of it because it was. And great. I, lo- I mean, might be the best monologue in Star Wars. It's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Luthen's, Luthen's earlier really this season was too. really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, some of the, some of the, again, the writing in this show is amazing, and yeah, it's it's I don't know. It bugs me that there's people out there that are like, okay, oh, Andor's stupid. Andor, like, well, this show's lame. I'm like, impossible bro. to please people. That's just the fact yes, of the matter. Very true. But I think the show is even really accessible to someone who might not have ever seen Star Wars. You could still watch this show and enjoy it, and it's still like a good commentary on whatever government overreach and fascism and, uh, you know, uh, proletariat uprising or whatever um but you if you know star wars you get you catch a lot of other stuff and it means a lot more but uh it works just as a story i think which is mm-hmm. you know an indication of a good show I'll, I'll put it this way my parents watch this show and enjoy it they don't remember like half the star wars movies they've never seen clone wars they've never watched rebels they have watched mandalorian they were watching this show. Um, they'll probably watch Ahsoka when it comes out. But they basically picked this up and had no idea that it was part of Rogue One mm-hmm. 
or leading up to Rogue One. And when I said that, I said, they were like, oh, have we seen that one? I said, I don't know. Have you? Go watch it. And I was like, <laughs> or you watch it. After. I wouldn't wait until yeah. season. I would watch it now. Right. And then you're going to get season two of Andor in there, which is going to fill in the gap. That's going to bring you right up to Rogue One. Um, and, and, but they had no idea. They were just like, no, the show's great. Like they enjoy the show. They love it. And they're not avid Star Wars fans. And I think that's why Disney made the move to put the first two episodes of this show out on multiple um, outlets. What was it? Like Hulu, ABC. Got a a little run um, almost everywhere. Yeah, I think it's a great show to do that with because people can jump in and go, this show is suspenseful. The writing is good. The character development is great. I can get into this show without having to be, to your point, Kyle, the diehard Star Wars. Well, and the fact of the matter is, it, I, I love all Star Wars content to some degree or another, but if a great story can stand on its own, even if it's a part of like a larger universe. So if you, if you have to like have some previous knowledge to enjoy something because it's leaning so heavily on other works, then, you know, that's just not quite as well done. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got you. Josh, what did you have? Uh, I'm not even answering that question. I just figured something out and I wanted to do it. So when when, uh, Cassian sees Clem's brick, there's a date on there. And so they figured out between the dating script, the in-universe dating script, uh, that his and what how like those dates mm-hmm. line up with B- BBY ABY and so Clem Clem died in eighteen BBY. Oh okay, and we're at so we're yeah, at five like now. Early Empire, like before we switched over to clones or to gotcha. stormtroopers to stormtroopers. So like during that change, initial change. Yeah. Um, what um. Again, there's lots to talk about in this show. Um, you know, the last little bit I'm going to play is it, and before we dive into maybe some things that we've loved and, and didn't enjoy about the show or just this episode as a whole. Um, I just want to play this last little bit with Cassian, Cassian, Cassian and Luthen. Um, when Luthen does, or when Cassian does finally catch up to Luthen, who he had seen at the funeral procession. And, and it was great that Luthen was there witnessing all of this because. I think Luthen now kind of realizes he doesn't have to do it on his own or with, um, you know, just a small number of people and like strategic. Like there's billions of people in this galaxy that are in the same boat that he is and are not, uh, not down with the empire and want their freedom. And they want the same things that, he wants and he wants this tyranny to end and i think he after marva's speech that he got to hear i think he realizes that now so when he gets back to his ship and gets confronted by cassian this is when um he gets that lovely little smirk uh after cassian basically talks to him you came here to kill me didn't you it don't make it easy i will now What game is this? 
दोगे क्यों मी और टेक मी इन love it and that's just it and then like luthen pauses for a minute and then finally like he lowers the blaster and you can kind of see this little smirk on his face mm-hmm. like i've been going about this the wrong way like this guy clearly is an asset to the cause yes he knows who i am but he is now fully vested in kind of what we had talked about in that what second episode when he meets him um and and gets him to to do help with the aldani heist and now he's realizing i've got another asset that is a really good asset to aid in the cause um and it was just and cassian's right like either take me in or just kill me cuz this is just going to go on and on my mom's dead my dad's dead bix is a mess like at this point what do i have left to fight for so either kill me or take me in and keep me fighting well it seems like now uh cassian is all in so we're going to get uh, hopefully season two is going to be him like being part of this fledgling rebellion and seeing how that all forms and how we get to a point where they're like actually in a position to, I guess, have like a mili- take a military stand in, in Rogue mm. One, you know, cause there, there's a fleet, there's a rebel fleet in Rogue One. And I think there's no way that Luthen could assemble a fleet to, you know, engage in open warfare right now. So um, I feel like that we've got to get some, we've got to move the needle a little bit in season two to get from here where we're just a few people who barely are connected through one, one axis uh, to this like more, more organized, larger rebellion. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to get a one-year time jump for season two. Like season two starts one mm-hmm. year after this one. Which is sizable in the Star Wars yeah. universe. I mean, that's a lot. And that makes sense that, that can happen there. Luthen has Cassian out on some whatever heist missions things, and we're cultivating some stuff, and then we jump in. Re- Gotta find a secret base. Ready to start, you know, getting more organized, I think. We almost have to pull in Bail Organa, right? Yeah, bail. Do you, would it be crazy uh, okay, to, so for him not to show up in season two? I think it would. So here's a a crazy one. Do you think you could get knowing that we've got Ahsoka coming out right, and we've seen the trailer for Ahsoka? We have seen at least the back of what we assume is Hera Syndulla in that, and then in Rogue One, you do hear General Syndulla mm-hmm. over the thing and if we're going to be on yavin for season two of Andor, is it standard reason we might get another snippet of of hera in live action in Andor, and another little bridge between like rebels and Andor and rogue one and all of this it's not impossible coming together they were definitely in the same place in rogue one and that's what this show is leading up to and I'm about 99% sure that they even went to Yavin in Rebels before Kanan died, which was, mm-hmm. you know, two or three years before Battle of Yavin, probably. So we're looking at like right around that time. They're all commingling, They're all in there. 
<laughs> I think as long as they can do it without it feeling like I think Tony want Tony Gilroy wants everything to like you know, it has to it has to be not fan servicey mm-hmm. at all and make a hundred percent sense mm-hmm. for the person to be there. Or organic in a way. Yeah. Like it should feel natural, not Kind of just forcing those things. I gotcha. I gotcha. Not that mo- like most of the stuff that people are like, this is fan service. Like it is, but it's not. I don't. Most think, of it's not forced. Yeah, they've I, just. I don't feel. They've that always way. made the. They've always made it. It. The the segment of the galaxy that we focus on in, in this, uh, you know, in Star Wars is so small and so many people know each other that it never. It's never like out of left field for mm-hmm. the people to show up and interact with each other to do so. You know. Mhm. Agreed. Um what uh what are some of the things you guys enjoyed from this episode or from the series as a whole? Anything I've got one more question or? that I actually something I yeah. didn't really understand. Um I understand why we need Cyril and his whatever informant <laughs> buddy. Like we need to show them arriving like they can't just appear in the middle of the town even though we know he was going there. But what was the point of their like silent did not say a single word. I'm almost positive. They just exchanged hats and then put, Oh yeah. Put the hats on the on, shuttle. Yeah. And then that was it. That was the whole scene. Like, I, like I said, I get, we want to show them arriving like, Hey, here's these guys. Remember they were coming here too. Sure. I get that. Mm-hmm. But like, they didn't even say not an exchange of anything like here's what we're going to do here's our plan like not thanks for calling me nothing and like i said <laughs> they just silently passed their hats across the aisle put on the hat the other one had and that was the end of it and i have no idea why i don't get it i am sure there is something to it i'm in the same boat with you though i hmm. didn't either and i'm I sure kept i'm looking like it, do these but... orange hats mean something like do all the people in orange hats are they all but but no like neither of the hats were part Maybe... of a uniform neither one of them was dressed like anybody else in ferrix so like i don't i mm-hmm. really didn't Maybe Cyril thought it worked better with his and, outfit. And we it, missed that conversation was, beforehand, and they swapped hats. I don't know. Strictly for the um, drip? Were, I don't know. It didn't make any sense the, to the, me. <laughs> the two of I, them were pretty quiet this whole episode, though, other than Cyril when he finally, like, saves Dedra. In the creepiest basically. way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Total. Go ahead, um, I assume that it was, that it, there was a rank, rank thing, like, with the hats, and that he was, like... You know the the Scottish guy still had his uh, his rank hat, so he was like saying, "Hey, you're still uh, I'm still conceding you're still that superior. you're the superior officer yeah. or whatever." Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did love him after everything had like happened in the town, though. He's like sitting on a step somewhere, just drinking like out of a flask. Like, why did I come here? Like, I had a nice. I was working again. I got blown up on I was twice. Doing, yeah, like, like, why did I do this? And he's just drinking out of a flask. It's like, man, it's been a long day. I better, I better get a drink. So, yeah, uh, we had a, a lovely reunion with Cyril and Dedra here, where he pulls her out of a very zombie movie esque type scene with the people of Ferrix clawing at her, trying to pull her in, and she had lost her blaster. Um, and then he picks her up and basically holds the gun to her and gets her off down an alley and into a building to hide her and she almost clubs him over the head with a, a 
a piece some uh, kind of a, metal a, some rather tool from but like a piece yeah like a part some greebly and yeah. um we finally get like well i guess i should say thank you you know what i mean and and i think she, she was like traumatized for sure because she almost got trampled yeah. and murdered but yeah it was just he's he's weird he's a weirdo yeah um you know if there's a year time gap in here it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two they, maybe she brings they've got a six cereal into old. the fold in the isb i'd be like a two-month-old i guess yeah cereal the second cereal junior running around there uh deader junior something like that but yeah they um yeah I, it was a weird you're right the the train scene was a little weird um, I thoroughly enjoyed Cinta recognizing really, the ISB guy yeah. from the coffee shop. That was great. Oh, she's and awesome. She's like the best spy in the oh, show yeah. right now. Um, I like Josh's explanation of the shuttle, but like, I really, one of them should have said something to like yeah. indicate that's what was mm-hmm. happening or even to just like acknowledge that like, that's of like whatever respectful thing to do either way. Like it is so weird to me mm-hmm. that it was just silent, but whatever yeah no i gotcha um did you guys did you guys get a sense that cinta and vel's relationship at this point is very fractured because i I know they're like after everything pops off right they go back to the place and they try to clear it out but when vel first comes back cinta is very focused on the mission and i think at one point vel says come away from the window or something like that and you can tell Vel is very concerned with the relationship. Cinta is very concerned about the mission. She's trying to stay on track for the rebellion. Do we think that they kind of I feel like part ways or go separate ways in, in season two, or do we think they make amends and I feel like Vel is like still not, not really getting it because Cinta made it super clear already when they were leaving uh Aldani that like, hey, this is about the rebellion. And I like you and this was fun or whatever, but like I got to do for the rebellion. There is no Mm -hmm. us. It's, you know, and apparently I I was more surprised that Vel came in like, Hey, why aren't you coming to give me a hug and kiss and be my BFF or whatever? I was like, bro, she already told you she's Mm -hmm. riding or dying for the rebellion here. And you guys were just doing your thing while you were together. And after she shanks the um, the plant, the ISB cold. plant, she walks in with the blood on her hands and Vel's concerned. She's like, oh, you've got blood on your hands. And, and she's like, it's okay. And she's like, but there's blood. And she's like, it's not mine. And at that point, Vel's just like, oh, what did you do? And and Cinta is very into the mission. Like, she's I really like Cinta's that character. Life. Yeah, I really like Cinta's character. But yeah, I think Vel's trying to hold on for something that maybe isn't there anymore, which is why I think in season two, you could see them maybe go separate ways, but uh, uh, ultimately one of them, I think may end up not making it through season two. You know what I mean? Um, Hush. That would make that loss feel more impactful. So um, yeah, it was, uh, and then you got the lovely Y wing modified Y wing bomber that they're escaping in. And then you could see the other, what is it, the YT-1300, the freighter, the ghost freighter that's sitting there in the, the stockyard. So uh, anybody else notice Davos Golden's wife's hair kind of look like Bride of Frankenstein? Did anybody else get that vibe? Go yeah. back. What, go I'll have back, to rewatch watch it and keep she, an eye out for that. She had like this Bride of Frankenstein like hairstyle going on there. And I was like, oh, okay. So um, 
And then she turned good. around like really robotic when they walked in the room. <laughs> like the other two was kind of like normal, just like turn around. She did this like, like weird mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got it too. I was just like, what is she doing? Like, why does she look like that? What is what is wrong? So, uh, anything else you guys want to cover in this week's episode and the show overall? Mm. Rate it. I like it. I'll watch season two. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll check it out. <laughs> it check it out. The acting uh, is just so good, and there were multiple like just incredible moments, especially in this um, this episode. I was also really glad that Bix made it. Uh, I was a little yeah. worried that it wasn't going to work out when she wasn't um, like she was still like so out of it and didn't want to go with Cassian at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was glad to see that she made it off planet and everything. So I got to say, her Same extraction here. went pretty smoothly. Yeah, it was did not see. Oh, granted, there was a very good distraction outside, but right. uh, it was not that hard. Everybody was gone. <laughs> yeah, everybody was gone. They were out in the streets fighting. So. Um. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoy this show. Highly recommend it. Two thumbs up. Whatever you. I feel like we need like a, a rating system. It's like a yub nub or I don't know. Mm, we're gonna workshop that a little. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna workshop that a little Pong bit. Crow, but Pong Crow gives it four thumbs up. <laughs> four. But is that even? Then we gotta decide is that good up. or bad because he's such a turd. If he likes it, then Dexter Jetster <laughs> gives okay. it four thumbs right. up. That's less ambiguous. Oh, that was. Somebody did um, post a clip. It was just like the, you know, the Cassian walking forward towards the camera poster and said something like, oh, I loved Andor, but it could have been better. And there was a photoshopped Dex right behind it. I was like, mm, not wrong. <laughs> a little Dex action in there would have been it great. It makes anything 20% better. <laughs> yeah. Four times better. He's got forearms. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, I got forearms, but I've only got two of them. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> no, a great show. Love this show. Absolutely fantastic. Top to bottom. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I cannot wait for season two. Uh, really excited to see what happens with this Cassian Andor guy. No idea where this is going, mm-hmm. but I got bad he's, news he's, for you. I'll he's tell a you force to be reckoned with. <laughs> I hope he finds his sister. I think we forgot about it. Yeah, her. that's the one thing I feel that just kind of went away. You're right, John. Like, I know she told him, don't go to find your sister. But, like, after, what, three or four episodes that just kind of died? Like, nothing? I hope he doesn't kiss a girl and then later find out that that was his sister. <laughs> I hope he does. That'd be hilarious. That'd be Not a, like be it hilarious. hasn't been done before. Hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> Is that fan service? Oh, that's like in that one time in the movie. Yeah. They did mm-hmm. that. Empire Strikes Back! <laughs> <laughs> only if he does the only if he leans back and puts his hands behind his head after laugh <laughs> it up terrible Josh <laughs> terrible um, alright well if nobody's got anything else let's uh let's wrap it up and get on out of here you're all clear kid now let's blow this thing and go home That was our recap of episode 12, Rick's Road. 
of Andor series finale. Well, not series finale. Uh, season finale. Sorry, <laughs> season go. finale of Andor. I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, as much as we did. Great show. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this one again because totally worth the rewatch. So, um, hope everybody is uh, staying safe. We got the holiday season coming up. Please uh, be careful if, if you've got inclement weather out there. Um, just a reminder: if you're stuck inside. For the holidays, or if you're looking for something to listen to during the long days at work as they get slower around the holidays, check out our podcast anywhere you find podcasts, right? SoundCloud, iTunes, any one of those places. Um, you can also catch uh, most of them on YouTube, and you can also catch our live streams on YouTube as well. Uh, we haven't done one in a while. We should probably look at doing one again. I know Kyle loves they're, them, they're my favorite. his favorite. <laughs> um, anyway, I, my name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Where are they going to find you guys at? This is Josh. I'm at Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. And one last promo: uh, my band, former critics, our debut uh, full-length album, Ring of Salt, comes out this Friday, December second. Formercritics.bandcamp.com digital and on vinyl. Crest on vinyl. Ooh. Ooh. Are you getting one? Are you getting one? Josh sign all the members sign like the original. You buy one and I'll get it. I'll I'll, I'll right. have everybody sign it. All right, I'll get it. Um, am I allowed to Kyle, say who I am? where they find you at? Oh, this is Kyle and I am <laughs> <laughs> KB underscore Legend on the socials media. Thank you. Uh, and again, if you guys are looking for a great Christmas gift, cash to, to me is public. perfect. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> or Kyle, or money, just throw your money at Kyle. That's okay too. Uh, no, go out on T Public. We do have outer re- outer rim beacon stuff out there. You can purchase for family members. Have them tune into the podcast if they're looking for something to listen to over the holidays, and uh, have them come hang out with us. So it's a good time. It's always a good time. We like to laugh here. So anyway, get out, do something Star Warsy, and as always, may the Force be with you. Stone and sky. Is that what they say? Go buy my album. That is, yeah. that is Stone and Sky. Climb. Or you could say Nemec. One way out. Try. Try. Bye. Wake up earlier and fight.